Welcome to your weekly dose of comedy with your host, Dana Pereira. Where's our participation trophy? We are back with another episode of Where's Our Participation Trophy. I'm Dana Pereira, and I'm so, so excited to have Giles Paley Phillips on the show. He is an author and the host of the Blank Podcast. You have a new book coming up here soon. And you are generally like just the nicest fucking person that I have ever, ever, ever met through social media. There aren't many nice people on social media, it turns out. It turns out. (laughs) It turns out people use it in the wrong way. You know, I I got so you and I have uh, been conversing back and forth for a while now. Probably. What do you think? Maybe a, a little over a year. Yeah, if, if maybe a bit longer. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of what you do. And, um, you know, I, I'm always looking to connect with other podcasters. You know, so you and I connected and, uh, you know, it, it was just like, oh, cool. He's a podcast host. Oh, cool. He's an author. Oh, he has this book. And then you did something that most people that I connect with online do not do. And it really, like, it made me smile. There are so many people. I mean, my family members don't even support me the way that you do. And you are (laughs) virtually a stranger across the pond. And I remember in the middle of the pandemic, not even in the middle, in the beginning of the pandemic, receiving a message from you. And it said, um, hey, you know, like times are hard right now. I put together a little care package. And you sent these out to, to your followers, your listeners, your friends, and that, like, what inspired you to do that? Well, like you say, it was such a, well, still, we're kind of coming out of it now, aren't we? But it's still been such a weird last 18 months. And I think, yeah, I think it was just, again, it was just having that reconnection, being isolated from everybody. I just wanted to reconnect with people. So I thought that would be a way. And also, just to give people a bit of distraction from what was going on. Cause we obviously we've never faced anything like this before with the pandemic. And uh, I just felt like it would be something nice that I could put together. Also, it was nice for me to be able to put together, a, um, you know, put a bunch of little things, silly things together for people. Um, some things I, I reckon didn't translate. Um, <laughs> I like, you know, like shithead, the game, people still ask me what shithead is. <laughs> Um, um, which is a, it's a, basically a very, very simple card game, but it's got an excellent name. Uh, it does. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so anyway, there's a bunch of stuff in there for people, but again, it was like, I think it was a bit, it was for me to be able to do something for other people, but then also something for other people to enjoy. So yeah, it just felt like a nice thing to do. It's that's what I love most about you is everything that, uh, I see you doing, you're always trying to inspire kindness and giving and doing for other people. And how long have you been doing the blank podcast now? So blank started at the end of 2018. I think it was around. Yeah. I think Jim and I, who I do it with a comedian called Jim Daly is a stand-up comedian. Yeah. We kind of, we've been friends for a long time. We both support um, a, a, a football team a soccer team uh-huh. in uh south london crystal palace and uh we yeah that's how we kind of know each other and yeah well, i just said to him look I, i'd really like to get into podcasting i don't have any broadcast experience so 
you're going to have to help me. And uh, we'll just, yeah, we'll, I want to have conversations with sort of well-known people, celebrities and people in, in the public eye about um, their blank moments. So blank being kind of, I guess when we first started, it was more about like kind of creativity, uh-huh. like things, you know, I was, you know, I'm a writer. I, I often get writer's block. Jim's a stand up and around that time he was finding it difficult to get back on stage he hadn't done it for a while and uh you know stand-up's hard I mean that is a hard gig Mm -hmm. I mean fuck that is that is yeah that's like out there is one of the hardest things to do I think it's very vulnerable Uh, I would imagine being up there and like trying to make people laugh is this gonna land is it not gonna land and if it doesn't land you're the only person on stage that they can boo (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's really hard, and 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 it's a, there's a thriving scene in in the U. Oh, I'm sure there is in the U.S. as well. But you know, it's it's hard. It's cutthroat. It's you know, everyone's really like on their own doing it as well. I think that's another thing. It's such a solitary thing, a bit like writing. Actually, it's very solitary. So, anyway, to cut long story short, we were both in a similar situation creatively, and we wanted to sort of talk to other people that looked like they knew what they were doing and see whether they'd had similar kind of experiences. And that's kind of how it started. So yeah, started 2018 and and we were very lucky that we've, you know, we've had some really cool guests on and found out. I've seen, yeah, you have some amazing guests on your show. And I know that you do a lot of talking also about mental health. So when did that kind of morph from your, your blank or did it all just kind of go together already? It's already hand in hand. Well, it's funny, actually, because obviously, like I say, when we started the the podcast, for example, it was more to do with like creative blank moments. But it became apparent within the first couple of recordings. And it's a wonderful thing about podcasts is that, you know, because it's quite a loose format, you can find you can sort of organically kind of changes sometimes what you're what you're talking about and whatever. And it was pretty apparent straight off that actually blankness or going blank it meant different things to different people and it was often more to do with like difficult moments in life as opposed to it just being about creative moments being Uh difficult if that makes sense so yeah we you know we start to discover that things like imposter syndrome public failure social anxiety yeah general mental health issues yeah all those things I know I know exactly I know I know and uh, and it's so funny because the, yeah the, all these things affect us you know probably a multitude of these subjects affect us but obviously some things affect other people more than than others so yeah it was fascinating it, and it, it turned out that we were really what Jim and I were doing actually and I don't want it to sound more grandiose than it is was that we were kind of looking at the human condition you know and mm-hmm. figuring out how how we work and for Jim and I it's our therapy session um, yeah. each week you know. Yeah. And I imagine also that uh, coming from traumas or or having some of those low moments, a lot of times that is what inspires creativity. Like you have to have these low moments or you don't have to, but everybody that I know that is a very creative person has had to draw on some life experience where they were at their lowest lows and then they were able to propel themselves into some of their highest highs just because they they needed to scrape their way out of this hole that they were in oh absolutely i mean yeah uh, creativity is often fused with trauma 
of some sort, definitely. And I, I, I could, I'm going to speak for myself in that respect to a certain extent, but I, yeah, I mean, a lot of my work has come from, you know, whether it's going back to, I mean, I started my creative kind of journey started with playing in bands and writing songs and trying to be a rock star, uh, failed rock star now, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that was, you know, that was in and writing lyrics and stuff that were, and I guess when I started doing that, I was I was probably in my late teens. So it was probably that kind of the butt end of teenage angst. Uh-huh. But a lot of it was to do with um yeah, and 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 obviously like um you go into sort of like lost love and all that kind of stuff, which is the sort of regular kind of things that you go into. But yeah, I certainly there was stuff from my youth. I lo- I lost my mum very at a very young age. I was six, my mum passed away and I lost my dad at, at 20. So Oh, a lot wow. of that stuff has been infused in my my work ever since you know grief and loss has always been something i've talked about quite openly and um and what and and obviously sort of molded into my work as well so yeah so i think that, that there's something to be said for that for sure there's that create the best creativity sometimes comes out of the worst situations you know uh i find also that i am a kind of person that um meshes well with other people that have come from a difficult background but i mesh the most with people that have come from a difficult background and have kind of phoenixed their way up right they've risen from their ashes and they're kind and they're not looking to put because you can really choose one of two paths if you come from something that has been hurtful or harmful and that's you can uh, use it to be a better person and to show people kindness and compassion or you can use it to be bitter at the world and be angry and put people down and try and like step on people to get yourself up and so I I watch what you do and it really is inspiring because I appreciate watching you spread so much love and kindness in the world. And now hearing just a teeny, teeny, tiny part of, you know, some of the pain that you had to go through growing up, maturing that, you know, it's, you could have chosen another path and you didn't. And I, I love that. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say, but yeah, no, I, I I think that's, that's very true. And I see that in other people as well. And like you say, I'm, I'm always really emboldened by people who have had a difficult time and, and have come through that. And um, my wife, actually, she had, she had a quite a tricky upbringing as well. And I think we always, we kind of look at each other sometimes and say, how, how are we not so, fu- why are we not more fucked yeah. up? Um, <laughs> how, 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 how did we get, th- how did we get through this? It's kind of weird sometimes you sort of think when we think about some of the shit that we've kind of been through in our lives mm-hmm. and um we kind of think well, how 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 have we got here but i think that there's something to be said for that those things we just you just mentioned and alluded to is that yeah being grateful and um and sh- and, and sort of trying to be kind and compassionate and empathetic towards other people um is certainly you know i put a tweet up recently saying that it's it's kindness is I mean, i've been through a lot of difficult moments and painful moments in my life and it's always been kindness that's been the healing um aspect of my life you know the kindness has always allowed me to heal me trying to be kind to other people but then obviously seeing that reflected as well from other people so yeah that that's always been something that's been um been there in my life gratitude and kindness has always been at the, the forefront of my outlook I suppose so was there a point where there was like a a change for you because for me 
I remember that I was, I was very angry. Um, I was, uh, kind of just like down on life. I was kind of mean. I finally, at one point, whenever I turned 30, I was like, okay, I'm real tired of being miserable and sad Mm. all the time. And I made the conscious choice that I was going to, uh, you know, make a change. And, and I started picking up the self-help books and the therapy and all of that. Did you have a moment like that? Or did you kind of choose it from the beginning? I think it's always been kind of in there. I had really, so after losing my mom, like, um, and my dad was, um, had always had alcohol problems. So we didn't spend a lot of time with him either. Um, I spent a lot of time with my maternal grandmother and she was the kindest, most warm hearted, um, very thoughtful person and when I say thoughtful in that she was very thoughtful about how she taught us stuff I remember one time and it stuck this is kind of what stuck with me and I think maybe this is maybe a catalyst for how I've moved forward in life I um me and my friend we were really into I don't know if you have panini stickers in in the US no like they're (laughs) stickers so when we were kids there was like sticker albums of like you'd have like things like movies or there'd be football, soccer or sports teams. And you get, I guess a bit like trading cards. Okay. Um, so you get these stickers and you'd have a sticker album that you could fill up. And I had a Transformers one and I was a few, I was about, I don't know, 15 stickers short. And uh, there was a little shop around the corner from us. And um, we, I, we didn't have any money. So me and my friend, we actually s- stole some stickers from the, stick, from the shop um from the news agents and um we got caught we were terrible thieves we uh <laughs> we were like um Hansel and Gretel leaving like this trail of, <laughs> of the sticker, sticker breadcrumbs yeah yeah <laughs> they they found us very very swiftly as we were like just around the corner sticking them in the, our books terrible thieves you know which is a, a, probably a good thing um but we i remember my dad really got got really really angry and and, and cross about it and um really bollocked us and uh i got you know got in lots of trouble for it but i remember seeing my grandmother at the weekend um after that happened and she just took me aside and she put her arm around me and she sort of comforted me and said what and just asked me what what, you know what were you thinking what, what why did you why did you do that kind of thing right. you know and was so compassionate in that moment and I remember it really taking me back I remember thinking that her her reaction to it and the way she tr- treated me in that in that moment made me think I'm never going to do that again mm-hmm. um that level of compassion and love that she showed me and yeah it was just and I think that was probably like a kind of pinnacle moment for me to think okay, I'm going to do things slightly differently going forward. I'm not going to, and I'm actually going to be a bit more thoughtful with other people when I see that they've done something wrong or, you know, if they're in, you know, because there's always something, you know, I think mm-hmm. I, was, I was, I was probably a bit like you. I was probably quite an angry kid, a bit lost, like probably playing up, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that decision to go and steal that stuff was, yes, I wanted those things. But at the same time, I was probably, it sounds cliche to say seeking attention, but, probably was sort of, you know, trying to make a statement of some sort. Yeah. Um, And do you think that that has also shaped your parenting with your own children? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I I like to think if the I'm I'm hoping they never go around stealing stuff, but (laughs) 
if if they you know i hope they brought them up when i left to that but hopefully if they you know if they do get in trouble or they you know they do something wrong that i would have the same level of compassion and and thoughtful thoughtfulness in that moment i'm sure there's been times where i've yeah we've taken that route rather than shouting and getting cross of course it's yeah have it there's there's always another way of dealing with stuff Yeah. Yeah. We are only human. I've definitely found that looking back on uh, some of the way that things were handled with me, whenever it comes to my children, I never say, because I said so. If I, if I say no, I say, listen, I'm telling you no, because it could lead to this, this and that. And I don't want you to get hurt. You know, like a little explanation. I say this to my kids all the time. I mean, they're a bit older. They're 14 and 12 now. It's a bit older, but so they're being, they're a bit more, um, I don't know, they're they're a bit more understanding, I guess. But yeah, I like, no generally means I don't want you to die. Like, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, it, it basically means I'm trying to make sure that you don't get killed. It's not really like it's not because I'm mean and horrible. It's 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 because you know I you know it's because I want to keep you safe. It's generally that's why why no comes out. You know, and it's normally a safety thing. But yeah, I'm sure you're the same with your kids. Oh, absolutely. But I I remember whenever I was growing up, it was no because I said so. There was yeah. no explanation to it. It kind of makes you feel like you're not important. That your mm. opinion doesn't matter. That you're not your own person. And so. I really tried. And again, it took me some time to recognize that. And, you know, my children, my older two, uh, they're about to be 16 and 15 now. Oh, okay. So, but I was, they were probably about six and seven whenever I finally figured that out. Yeah. And and had to like change it up a little, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But another thing that I, saw happen. And I think this was just maybe a week or two ago Um, on social media. I recognized that there was a lot of hate coming toward you for you sending out tweets to people, just telling them that you were thinking about them or telling them that, you know, you appreciated them and stuff like that. How do you handle it whenever you get trolls out there that just want to come at you and bring you down for no good reason? I mean, I don't get very many, so I guess I'm quite lucky in that respect. Um, it's always difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, especially if you're trying to put out a nice message or, you know, trying to be a, a bit kinder or, or more or more thoughtful, or, you know, just reaching out to people. I know, you can't um, be on your kindness thing and being like, fuck you, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I know, exactly. And it's funny, actually, I do. Sometimes I'm a bit wary, like thinking, oh, can I say anything controversial now? Because, you know, um, because I'm getting known for being always trying to be nice. Right. Um, uh, so it's tricky. It's a tricky balance to to have with, with uh, particularly, particularly Twitter, uh, which is, you know, I think you have to realize what Twitter is. Um, uh-huh. And that is it's a noisy environment. Um, and they're always going to be people that, you know, you can say that like the orange is an orange is orange and someone will tell you it's blue um, yeah. and, 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 and will we'll double down on saying it's blue. So I think it's, it's. <laughs> or why you're uh, a sheep for thinking an orange is orange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And um, I don't think, I don't know if we'll ever be able to tackle um, that, that, that way that people interact with each other on that. But I mean, yeah, from my own perspective, I guess, 
I, yeah, I'm not great with it. I'm a quite sensitive person. So I'm not, you know, I won't say it doesn't affect me in some way. I guess in those moments, I genuinely probably just switch off for a bit, take mm-hmm. myself out of the, out of the firing line and just, you know, and just hope that it, it settles down. Um, I don't tend to go in and have, um, fights with people. I, I can't, yeah. I don't want to put my energy into that. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, because it, it it just go it can be endless that kind of stuff and I see people on there you know I've got lots of friends people that I'm associated with um on Twitter that are, are constantly doing that and I just think that is just oh, I just can't imagine like just going in every day and having rucks with people I just think it would be yeah just be really debilitating I think after a while yeah, I agree. And it, again, whenever I had Twitter a decade ago, much different story than my Twitter now. And a decade ago, I would have rolled in the dirt with you. No problem. Uh, you know, like I would have come back at you. I would have said mean things. Yeah. Uh, and now my go-to is to realize that that person has some pain and they're yeah. trying to pass that pain uh, because that's the only way that they know how to make themselves feel better is to tear somebody down to, you know, pass it on to them. And so I genuinely do not uh, interact with people like that. Or I try really, really hard. Not sometimes old Dana sneaks in there and I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there is funny. There's sometimes something can really get you, can't it? You can yeah. really needle you. And I think there's been a couple of occasions recently someone said something and I've thought, oh, I'm really and I've written out like a retort uh-huh. and then I've deleted and then and then I've sat with it for a minute. This is what I sometimes I do advise people to do this sometimes is to write something out, just leave it there. And then if you really want to, you know, think about whether you want to hit send or not. And yeah. then sometimes you actually after a few after a minute or something, you might go, actually, I'm not going to send that. But yeah. if you really feel strongly about it, you can still send it, you know, so at least it's there and you can make that decision when you've taken a breath. I think that's that's a, probably a good thing to do. Um, but, yeah, I know what you mean. There are certain things that just dig in, don't they? And you're just like, mm, actually, I don't really want you to get away with that. Yeah, yeah, there definitely there was one guy, I it was probably a year ago or so, and I had made a comment about how my son was working out. Um, he was, he wanted a punching bag. He was asking me for Christmas. Actually, he wanted a punching bag and he wore a treadmill. And I said, oh, he must like a girl. And this guy was like, delete that. Like, how dare you say that? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, how dare you say that your son wants a punching bag? He must like a girl. And I was like, bro, you are the only person on this planet that went to my 14 year old is abusive because I said he wanted a punch. Everybody else understood that he was working out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, for some reason, your crazy brain went to my son's trying to punch a girl. What? <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre, isn't it? I know. And I think, I wonder if there is a, I mean, you know, like how we get a dopamine rush from from just getting likes and, and retweets and messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess there must be some chemical kind of flux when you do something nasty or say something horrible. And there must be, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, there must be data on that somewhere. Yeah, being harvested sure. by Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but I'm sure there must be some, some, some data on that, that, you know, the, the chemical reactions to being mean and horrible. Otherwise, there must be something in it for there must be something in it for the person, the perpetrator, 
can't just i don't know there must be yeah because they keep doing it right they don't they don't try and go away from it so there Mm. has to be something there that keeps drawing them back to maybe it's like the adrenaline rush because whenever you like fight you know like do drugs or fight with people you know it's that adrenaline rush that comes with it i don't know maybe it's something like that but you're right i think you're right yeah, we're going to step away from the dickheadness, though, and we're going to talk about <laughs> kindness. I had a few of my listeners write in some stories about random acts of kindness that either happened to them or that they had done for some other people. And I actually had a London cop write in. Really? <laughs> I did. Yeah. He said, London cop here. I was buying my lunch for a long late shift ahead. And a lady came in at the last moment and tapped her card on the reader, a lovely gesture, which I have yet to pay forward. Oh, I've, I hear some of those. I've heard a few stories like that recently where people have been queuing up at a self-service checkout and the person behind is or the first in front is paid for. Yeah, I always love hearing those stories. That's so generous. And You know, I always want to... Um, like whenever I see a, a cop or a firefighter or a military or whatever, it may be a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, you know, I, I always want to say thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do. And I find that I get very timid about it. Like if I were to see, oh, really? you know, somebody in scrubs up at the, I, I want to say it, I, but I, don't have the confidence yet to actually follow through. And that is like one of my goals for the rest of the year is to kind of get over the fear of saying thank you to somebody. I don't know why I do that. It's the silliest thing. Is it the saying thank you or is it because the, the person's maybe in uniform? Maybe it's is it the uniform. Is the uniform a barrier maybe? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I, I guess know. it's, uh, we're always, I think we're always worried about reactions, aren't we? We're always worried about what, the other person's going to think, you know, yes. in that situation. Whereas yeah, am I going to make them uncomfortable? Probably, yeah. Or... <laughs> I think generally, I think if you, like, I've I put this out on, you know, I put this on Twitter a lot. If you reach out to people and encourage, you know, sending a message of encouragement, I think generally that, I think most people, I would say 99% of the time, people take it in the right, the spirit that it's given. Yeah. But definitely next time you see someone, you have to say, I'm going to, and then I'm going to tell you about it because you're going to be the one that holds me accountable. (laughs) (laughs) When they tell you to fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Start being nice, Dana. Yeah, that was the 1%. You didn't tell me about the 1%. You said 99% were going to be really, really happy. The 1%. I got the 1%, right? (laughs) That would be my luck. I walk up to somebody and say like, thank you for your server. Thank you for all you do. And they're like, Fuck off, will you? I had a 12 hour shift. Can you just leave me the fuck alone? <laughs> uh, this one says there was a guy at work whose shoes were duct taped together. I got off work, invited him to my truck. I gave him my shoes. Mind you, he was a very good guy, just down on his luck. I needed to help him. I was happy to help him. Oh, that's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. But lovely that she did that. Yeah. Oh. Where was that one from? Uh, I'm not sure where that one came from. Okay. Yeah. But I, another thing that, you know, I, 
I think this is kind of bred into us sometimes is whenever you see somebody that is maybe panhandling on the corner or something like that, we're all kind of programmed to look at that person and say like, oh, well, they must have fucked up their lives and been on drugs or, you know, something like that rather than saying, because in our world, we have so many people that really are just down on their luck. And maybe that down on their luck led to some drug use or some alcoholism or something else. But instead of looking at that person and saying, oh shit, man, like, let me make your day. Let me give you a smile. Let me give you $5, whatever it happens to be. So many people I have heard been like, I'm not giving them $5. They're going to go spend it on drugs or they're going to go spend it on alcohol. And I'm like, what the fuck do you care? You know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I've made a point as well. Um, Where I live, we don't, we don't have a lot of um, homelessness or anything, but there is a few people we see around that are homeless in the town. And, uh, you know, sometimes I've bought them a sandwich or something if they're waiting outside the supermarket. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to try and engage with those people as well and find out a bit about their story, what what's going on in their lives. What is there any steps that can be taken to to help them out in that situation? I think engaging with those people, letting them tell their story, um, I think is probably the key to for them to to make a different, you know, to make a move forward in some way. Otherwise, they're just silent. They're just a silent minority, aren't they? silent and overlooked, you know? And again, there are, you know, for example, so I'm in San Diego, California, and in San Diego, there's homeless everywhere. It's, I mean, it doesn't matter which town you go to, it's, there's homeless everywhere. Mm. And um, I remember one time, and, and there's also things that you don't think about. Like I, had leftover uh, from my meal and it was a significant amount. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just, you know, leave it here down here for somebody. And I was walking with it and I had passed a a guy on the corner and I was like, oh, you know, and it was a steak. And I was like, would you like this? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I give it to him (laughs) and he opens it and he goes, what? No fork. (laughs) 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 And I was like, I'm so sorry. I I don't know why I expected you to eat like an animal, but I'm sorry. No, I didn't think to get a four. <laughs> oh no! Oh, it was funny. Then that was maybe maybe that's why I'm so afraid to say thank you to people because that's you know, it. You've <laughs> been yeah, is that you've been shamed into not saying anything? Yeah, you think you're doing something nice, and then it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one says I was commuting back uptown from downtown Manhattan on the subway in the pouring rain with an infant and my umbrella broke. And as I got out of the subway, a complete stranger just took the umbrella out of my hands, gave me her umbrella and just kept on walking. Oh, that's very nice. That I can see that in a movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, those, unsung heroes, right? Like the people that are doing something kind and want zero recognition. They're not like, let me take a picture with you as I'm handing you my umbrella so I can put it up on Instagram, you know? You know what? And it's those, for those people that you've, you know, you've read out their, their, um, 
anecdotes about kindness those those events have will stick with them forever those little moments of kindness you know as small as very you know they're very small kind of things they're not like you know they're not saving someone's life necessarily but actually those small moments stay with you like i was saying about my nan that small moment of compassion has always stayed with me and that's sometimes the incredible thing about a random act of kindness is that it will stay with you forever and it will i think it changes us a little bit i i think you're right i i remember when my older two boys they were very small they were probably three and four and i was in a restaurant and at the time i was a single mother didn't have a lot of, I was at like a Denny's, like a, you know, chain diner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would take the boys there every now and again as like a treat, you know, like let's get some pancakes or something, but it's not like I had the extra 20 bucks to spend, but I took them. And whenever I went to go pay my bill, uh, the waitress was like, Oh no, you know, that man that was sitting up at the um, bar earlier, he actually covered your meal. He did not say a word. And I remember this was, you know, a decade ago longer and he didn't say a word. He didn't come over to me. He didn't know my story. He just randomly paid for a meal. He saw a woman and her two small children paid for the meal and walked out. Didn't, I didn't even get to say thank you, you know? And, uh, I try and do that for some people. You know, I remember being out at a restaurant years later, whenever I did have some extra money and me and my husband were there and we, um, we were sitting there and we were watching this other table and I was like, honey, can you please go just go pay for their meal? And then, and we snuck out of there. So, you know, like real quick, another, we don't, Won a whole lot of recognition, although here I am on a podcast being like, guess yeah, what yeah. I did. <laughs> so if, you, yeah, if you're listening now, it was me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can send your thank you card too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I find that's kind of what you do on social media. Do you do that as well out in the real world? Yeah, I try, yeah, I try to. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like, you know it's not about just talking the talk is it i think yeah i i i I like to think that yeah i am a sort of kind and compassionate person in real life as well it's not just a it's 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 who i am it's not just a you know it's just not not just a front for social media right um yes it's it's part of who i am um so yeah i i I try and as as many times as i can in a day to do do something nice i mean whatever it might be um you know i'm always i'm always into reaching out to people and seeing how they are and you know, yeah. today I've been sending a bunch of messages to people to see how they how they're keeping and stuff so yeah it's that that sort of keeping up with people and um checking in on people is something that I'm really hot on and it's important it really mm. is important and have you ever listened to the podcast called the happiness lab I haven't no so it's um Dr. Lori Santos and she has this podcast And she basically goes into the science uh, behind happiness and what we think makes us happy doesn't really make us happy. And some of the things that do make us happy um, and and they go into all of the science and the, you know, things that they've done, you know, research that they've done. But one of the things is uh, one of the things that they did is they gave people 
$20. I'm making up a number right now because I can't remember the real number. And they gave them the option to go and buy something for themselves or buy something for somebody else. And the people that went out and bought things for other people had a much brighter day. They were much happier. And it just proves, you know, like doing for other people actually makes us happier. Like that is why we're here. We are here to, you know, serve the community, to help other people, to lift other people up. And uh, I think that somewhere along the lines, we lost our way with that. And it kind of became all about ourselves instead of, you know, the the greater good. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I do a podcast called A Little Bit of Positive um, with um, a British journalist called uh, Julia Bradbury. And we talked to a guy called Simon Anholt, who's, um, he, he basically advises governments and, you know, he's had, he's had some quite prestigious conversations with, with world leaders and stuff, but he, he came up with a thing called the good country index, which is a way of looking at what countries um, thrive the most through being good. Uh-huh. And um it's fascinating. It's well worth getting a copy of the book called The Good Country Index. And uh, but the most successful countries are the ones that do the most for other countries. So like Scandinavian countries are, are quite high up the list because they, they, they give away a lot of them, the money that comes into the country. They give away a lot of foreign aid and um, they do lots for, they, they do a lot of trade with other countries as well. Um, so yeah, so it was quite interesting hearing him talk about the fact that the, the most successful countries in the world, the, the ones with the, with the, also with the, the happiest populations yeah, are, are the ones that are, are most generous and most um, inclusive to other countries. So, it, you know, on a global scale, you know, right. it, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing actually. And, and like you say, in, in an individual scale as well, if you do more for others, then, you know, it, it, you're going to be a happier person. Yeah, I remember they did the same thing with toddlers and they were uh, checking their facial expressions to see what happens and they gave them goldfish and then some of the toddlers got to keep their goldfish and eat their own goldfish and then there were the toddlers that were sharing their goldfish with somebody else and they were so much happier and I don't know, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, you know, the United States, we're kind of in a, a fucking downward spiral, it seems sometimes where the country is so divided and it's really heartbreaking to see uh, just so how much selfishness can go on in the world, you know, like um, it bums me out sometimes, but I guess my job is to try and keep it positive and <laughs> raise that vibration a little. Well, it's, it's exactly the same here in the UK because, you know, we've had quite, and the same for you, we've had quite a few years of political upheaval. Yes. Um, we've had Brexit. You've obviously mm-hmm. had Trump. And those divisions have become very, very solidified. So, you know, you've got these polar opposites on, on the different sides of the fence and it, and yeah, and it's heated. It's very heated. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't seem to be cooling off anytime. Um, So it's really unfortunate. Uh, And again, that goes, you know, you you see that on social media as well. You see those divisions, they come to the fore and um, that, that the anger that's there and um yeah, it does. It upsets me greatly that, you know, that we that we are at this point. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember ever, ever being this bad. And, and maybe that's, maybe there's a couple of reasons that maybe 
those these things are exacerbated by 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 the internet and and certainly you know i know in your country like you know conspiracy theories and stuff right. have blown up yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because of the internet and um you know there's a lot more access to hearing um things that aren't true yeah uh, misinformation and, yeah and fake news and whatever so and it, and i think that that exacerbates the problem and then it feeds into our society and you know lies get picked up and they people run with them and they become you know so yeah i, I think it's a very tricky time globally yeah um but 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 it's the answers are so obvious that if we help each other tends to things tend to be a bit better yeah you know i always try and think whenever i'm like faced with not necessarily a decision but uh, you know like two opposite perspectives i always think which one of these, because there's going to be two roads. One of them is leading with love and acceptance. And the other one is leading with hate. And so I'm always looking at those two roads and saying, okay, well, which way I understand that maybe this road might be good for somebody that has this X amount of dollars for, you know, 10 years or something, but this road here that you're leading with love that actually just helps everybody further down the road. And so, I mean, that's how I try and do it, but that's not always necessarily the case. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of anger and they don't know how to lead with love yet. No. And it may be that, I mean, you know, to give them benefit of doubt, maybe they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't understand love. They don't, they haven't experienced love Yeah. or certainly that, you know, there's normally a reason why people act out or, Absolutely. you know, like you said earlier, there's, there's, there's something underneath that has caused them to be disaffected you know, disaffected by what mm-hmm. they see in their, in their worlds. And I guess that's another thing. We all have different experiences, don't we? So, yes. Um, yeah. And, and I guess that comes back to that idea of being compassionate and listening to people, you know, stopping and actually talking, having conversations. I mean, the amount of things that we could solve with a simple conversation, you know, the amount of relationships that could be saved, or you know or um wars that could be avoided or you know conflicts yeah. um with, with a simple kind of compassionate conversation but anyway absolutely yeah. maybe i'm yeah. just a bit too hippie no <laughs> i agree no communication is key um i'm gonna do one here or one more here and then i'll i'll mm. let you get on with your your weekend <laughs> uh it says i was having a terrible morning with anxiety and i went to get coffee the person in the car in front of me paid for my coffee with a have a great day message. I paid it forward to the car behind. And when I went back later, they told me it went on for about 30 orders. Oh, amazing. That's so cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Oh, that is so good. You know, I actually have a friend. He's also on Twitter. Shout out to Bri. Um, He used to work at Starbucks and he told me about a time when um the pay it forward thing happened and it was on christmas day and so somebody would drive up to the window and he'd be like listen i don't want to put any pressure on you but you know we've had this pay it forward thing going we're at 30 cars now and then you know then it was 35 when you just stop it, it <laughs> 40 yeah if you know you don't have to do it but if you want to you know and i think he said christmas day his went up to 80 cars wow that's yeah. so cool, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love and 
I've definitely done that before. And I drive away with it. You just get a big smile on your face because I kind of want to like look in the mirror and see their face too. Like, did you smile? Did it make you happy? Yeah, did it make yeah, you happy? Yeah, Please yeah. tell me I made you happy. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I think it's a really sweet thing that people can do. And it's an easy thing, isn't it? It's not like, you know, yeah, it's just, and that can make something, I think that's the thing, like little acts of kindness. Um, it can actually, it can change people's lives. You know, that, that person that, you know, saying she's had a, she was feeling really anxious and yeah. not having a good day and someone just did something that that helped her also quite a weird serendipity there that that person obviously like kind of didn't know maybe didn't know that she was having an anxious day and and that's what another thing isn't it we never know what someone's going through yes uh they could be at rock bottom and then you do something nice for them and like i say it could change their life it does um, yeah it changed I- you know, it's one day at a time, right? You do one nice thing for a person every day. Uh, and it doesn't have to be big. You can let somebody pull in front of you. You know, if you're in traffic, you can, uh, tell somebody you like their shirt or they look nice today, or you can share something on social media. Maybe somebody has a GoFundMe and they need some attention. You can do something like, you do not need to be donating a million dollars to a charity right. or whatever. It's, it's the small things. You already said it, Giles. It's the, the small things that really make an impact for people. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I stand, yeah, I definitely believe in that. I think, it, like you say, it can be just smiling at someone. Um, you don't even have to say anything. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, it, it, those little sort of small moments um, uh, uh, become the biggest memories in our lives. You know, and we've obviously we've you've talked about a few today and yeah. they're really wonderful to hear. You know, I feel I feel better hearing about them. Yeah. You know, I I'm so happy that you came on the show with me. I've been watching everything that you've been doing for the last, you know, more than a year, maybe even two years. And uh, God, I just find you so inspiring you you have a book coming out don't you at some point so i've got a book coming out in march is a new book we've had a book based on the podcast come out um came out this year which is called blank how it's fine to falter and fail and how to pick yourself up again it's quite a long title um (laughs) i own that book by the way (laughs) oh thank you yes you do you're very kind to have bought that so yeah so that's all about the podcast and all the different things that we talk about on that uh and yeah i've got a new novel coming out in march called a little peace of mind which is uh written in verse um and um yeah that's coming out with unbound so i'm really excited about that coming out but yeah it's always nice when you see a have a new book coming out it's uh, yeah that's exciting. exciting uh tell people where they can go to find you and be inspired by your kindness oh thank you yeah well you can find me on social media i'm at eli is tender which is e l i s t e n d e r one zero um yeah blank podcast you can also find us on social media at blank pod and you obviously can doubt you can listen and download and subscribe please subscribe um at all the regular kind of podcast places, Apple and Spotify, and there's loads of other good ones like Castbox and stuff as well. So yeah, awesome. Do, do check us out. Thank you so much for um, having me on your podcast, which I I love, and I'm, I'm a big um, big admirer of all you what you do as well, Daniel. You just seem to be working so hard and everything, and then uh, yeah, it's it's great to see you doing so well. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. 
And guys, all I'm going to tell you to do today is to go out and do something kind for somebody. I don't care if it's a wave, if it's a smile, uh, let's get this kindness train rolling and make sure that you're following Giles because he does a lot of kindness trains and stuff on social media, which is really awesome to see. And don't forget, even if you are not nailing it this week, you're still going to get that participation trophy. 